0: Hello, this is Rabbi Mark Soloway. Welcome to A Dash of Drash, weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. What costumes do we wear? Do we wear costumes that disguise ourselves, or are they robes of office that give us power and connection to the roles that we play, the multiple roles that we play in life. Going to school in England, we definitely had school uniform, stripy blazers and special school ties. To some, that might be the realm of Harry Potter and Hogwarts and the different ties for the different houses, Gryffindor and (laughs) Slytherin. in England also it's very common to see barristers which are uh, the lawyers who appear in court wearing wigs and robes in fact when I was in school I was a a prefect in my final year in, in school in high school and I wore a robe kind of like a Batman cape it's pretty interesting the role that clothes play in our lives all of us Whether we think we do or not uh, Using our clothing to Tell a story about ourselves Sometimes it may be connected to The function that we play in the world It could be uh, Special clothes that we wear To do the jobs that we do It could be the way we Dress up for certain occasions Whether it's wearing A black tie and a tuxedo To some fancy event Or whether it's uh, Wearing The clothes that we wear when we go to services in a synagogue or church or mosque. Clothing. Actually, in this week's uh, Torah portion, which is the Torah portion that takes us into Purim, the crazy upside-down holiday that begins this Saturday night and goes into Sunday. But in in the Parsha, which is called Titzaveh, the Torah talks of the Day kodesh, the holy clothes, the garments worn by the kohanim, by the priests, in their service. They were quite literally their, their robes of office. And the Torah says they are l'chavod u'latiferet, for honor and for glory, or for honor and for beauty. Something about these clothes that gave dignity and authority to those who were performing the ritual functions on behalf of the whole community, the acts of service? Is it just the clothes? (laughs) Or what role do those clothes play in allowing the ritual to take place? Or what role do those clothes play in giving us some kind of connection or persona beyond who we might actually be. We all play roles in this world. No matter how high up we may be in our different realms of life, whether we're CEOs or big shot politicians or religious leaders, whoever we are, I don't think there's a single human being who hasn't asked themselves the question about how authentic they really are. And some, sometimes I've had conversations with people who, who seem so incredibly competent in what they do in this world. And in truthful conversation with them, discovered that they are asking the same questions that many of us ask. When are they gonna find out the truth? When are they going to find out that I'm a fraud? When are they going to find out that this is all a game of make-believe? I don't know if it's a game of make-believe or not, but I do know that the question of authenticity is such a deep one. And sometimes we, as human beings, have to play the part and we put on the costume and the mask to help us be who we need to be effective ways in this world. Purim is such a fascinating holiday and to our discredit we've kind of often made it into a holiday that's just for the children. Oh, the children will dress up. The children will put on a fun costume and they'll be superheroes or they'll be villains or whoever they might be. But we forget that actually sometimes as adults as grown-ups entering into that world of make believe and dress up is so important when i was an actor one of the things that was most powerful to me was was the mask doing these mask workshops you know in the ancient uh, greek and roman theater that mask and of course in the japanese theater too the mask is such a powerful powerful form of, of of practice that is kind of where religion and art meet you put on that mask and maybe it hides something but it reveals something much deeper that's what Purim all about recognizing that there is so much in this world that is hidden from view and sometimes in very surprising ways when we really hide some other part of ourself something much more true becomes revealed. The book that we read on Purim is, of course, Megillat Esther, the scroll of of Esther that tells that extraordinary story of Mordechai and Esther and of King Achashverosh and the wicked Haman, Haman, who wanted to uh, destroy the Jews, Haman And every time we say his name, Haman, we boo, Haman, boo. We blot out his name because he represents the arch-villain for our people. The Purim story is a melodrama of extraordinary sorts and some people find it so difficult because at the end there seems to be so much death and violence and destruction and there's a sort of revenge fantasy. Someone that I was studying with recently reminded me of the Crazy Quentin Tarantino film called *Inglorious Bastards*, which sort of reimagines the story of of Nazi Europe with a with a bunch of American Jews going out and wiping out all of the Nazis, and it's violent and it's bloody, but it's a revenge fantasy that looks back at a past, a crippling, disempowered past, and says, "What if? What if we, the victims, became the heroes?" And I think. Those revenge fantasies, if they're carried out with the right kind of consciousness, can be healthy and healing. But beware, because if they're not, they can cause violence. And we know that in our Jewish world, Purim has has been marked sometimes with horrific acts, like the Baruch Goldstein massacre, where uh, a, a very religious Jew took it upon himself in, in Hebron, to go and and murder 29 Muslims in prayer there's a dark a real dark side to this holiday and there's also this quality that says the whole world is upside down and boy does the world feel upside down right now the world feels upside down and when it already feels upside down to go into a willful and spiritual and mystical <laughs> and strange and mysterious and fun kind of holiday where we where we deliberately play into those topsy-turvy roles in the world where we look at these insanely stereotypical characters on one level and on another level like the deepest deepest parts of the self the tradition of Purim. The tradition of Purim is is to kind of lose our consciousness. Yes, it's associated sometimes with lots of lots of drinking and there is this idea expressed in, in, in the Talmud that we, we're supposed to sort of drink so much on Purim. until we get to a state where we don't know where we don't know anymore the difference between Baruch Mordechai, blessed is Mordechai, the hero of the story, Haman, and cursed is Haman, the villain of the story. We don't know the difference. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that kind of non-dual way of being in the world that we rise above good and evil to the extent that we don't know the difference between the forces of evil and the forces of good, light and dark? And what is that? What is that? I think it's about recognizing the power of a story to help us reveal that which is hidden. The book of Esther is the only book in the whole Hebrew Bible that does not mention the name of God and yet in some mystical and slightly hard to explain ways God is more present in this book than any other. In fact, Esther... The name Esther some commentators say is really Hester which means hidden and stands for the Hester Panim the hidden face of God so our job is through our actions to reveal the hidden face of God in the same way by the way the the st- the Parsha in the Torah, Tetzaveh, that talks about these big day Kodesh, these holy garments, these, these robes of office worn by the priests. It's the only section of Torah from the beginning of the book of Exodus until the end of the Torah that does not mention Moshe, that does not mention Moses. So there's a sort of parallel This parallel that as we enter the period of Purim and we read this book where God is not mentioned, we're also reading a section from from Torah, from the book of Exodus, where Moses is not mentioned. And yet their presence is so felt. Their presence is so deeply felt. As if to say, it is our job and perhaps... The way we achieve that job is really to put on a costume, to put on a mask, to allow ourselves to reveal some part of our own personality that can surprise us, that can, can challenge the world as we see it right now. And it ain't pretty out there in so many ways, but that we can challenge those notions of what the world is through letting ourselves go a little bit. This year at uh, Bonnet Shalom, we are bringing Hogwarts. <laughs> we are bringing Hogwarts to Bonet Shalom and we're, we're bringing the whole of Harry Potter into Purim. Which is going to be so much fun It's going to be so much fun And we have our young people are so excited about it And they're already getting their costumes together And we're going to have many Harry Potters And we're going to have Minnie Grangers And we're going to have Ron Weasleys And we're going to have probably a few The one who shall not be named The Lord of Darkness Voldemort And maybe there'll be some Professor Dumbledores And all of the other characters in that story And What feels so wonderful right now is that that world of Harry Potter is about entering a fantasy world where magic, magic is possible and magic can can be the force that helps us overcome the dark forces in our world. And so it feels very beautiful, very rich, that we as a community are going to be entering into a magical reality and it's gonna be fun and playful and it's gonna be a party but maybe beyond the party is something, is something a little deeper. Whether we're wearing clothes to allow us to play roles into this, in this world or whether we are very deliberately and consciously changing our clothes, changing our clothes to, to reveal some deeper truth those are the questions or those are the, the possibilities that I invite us to really to really consider this week of Purim, this week of Titsave, of holy clothes. Because even clothes that don't seem outwardly to be holy can have a capacity to influence something. I always get really into Purim. It brings out that old actor in me that that loves just taking on another role. One of the things I, I miss about acting was that opportunity to get so into a particular character in a play to absorb myself into into that character's world, to inhabit the clothes, to inhabit the the thoughts and the feelings of a different character, which of course ultimately it can be just a different facet of my own self. And so there's something delicious about Purim for me. Every year I kind of choose quite far in advance who my character's gonna be, and I try on the clothes. I try on the clothes and I, I get into the character and what that character is going to going to bring for myself and for my community. Yes Yes, yes, yes. I understand that some people find this holiday of Purim really hard because of the darkness that's contained in it. But there's so much darkness in the outside world that it seems to me this year that we might need Purim more, more than usual. And who knows what might happen? Who knows if we might not be able to get to a different paradigm of thinking a different state of consciousness that may or may not be influenced by intoxicating substances but that we get to a space through our willingness to enter into this fantasy story through our willingness to actually allow ourselves to take some risks to be outrageous to put on crazy wigs and hats and masks and clothes and to Challenge, to challenge the notions that our world puts in front of us, and say, "Hello there, it's Purim. He f- everything is upside down. Everything is upside down." Ah, so my friends, my friends, I want to really uh, offer the blessing of a Purim Sameach of a really a joyous joyous Purim that we can enter into this festival this crazy festival with a sense of joy a joy that comes from the possibility of thinking about the world in a totally different way and allowing us to recognize that all of the pretense that might happen through our everyday lives can be taken on in a whole new way and we can just say yeah I'm going to be fully embodied in this character (laughs) I'm going to enter into the story and I'm going to tell a different story may the hidden sparks of light fly into new expression this Purim and may we all all experience joy like the Jews of old la the Jews experience this great great joy multiple different forms of joy and may it be for us as we confront this world in a whole different way Purim Sameach Happy Purim. May you wear the clothes that you need to wear this year to reveal some greater depth of yourself and of this strange reality in which we live. Have fun. Thank you for listening to A Dash and Drush. We will see you next time.